so interesting. Bits of strange coasts under the stars. Shadows of hills in the sunshine. Men's passions in the dusk. Gossip half-forgotten. Faces grown dim. Perhaps, perhaps there still was in the world something to write about. Yet I did not see anything at first in the mere story. A rascal steals a large parcel of a valuable commodity, so people say. It's either true or untrue, and in any case it has no value in itself. To invent a circumstantial account of the robbery did not appeal to me. Because my talents not running that way, I did not think that the game was worth the candle. It was only when it dawned upon me that the purloiner of the treasure need not necessarily be a confirmed rogue, that he could be even a man of character, an actor and possibly a victim in the changing scenes of a revolution. It was only then that I had the first vision of a twilight country which was to become the province of Salako, with its high shadowy sierra and its misty campo for mute witnesses of events flowing from the passions of men short-sighted in good and evil. Such are in very truth the obscure origins of Nostromo, the book. From that moment I supposed it had to be. Yet even then I hesitated, as if warned by the instinct of self-preservation from venturing on a distant and toilsome journey into a land full of intrigues and revolutions. But it had to be done. It took the best part of the years 1903 four to do, with many intervals of renewed hesitation, lest I should lose myself in the ever-enlarging vistas opening before me as I progressed deeper in my knowledge of the country. Often also, when I had thought myself to a standstill over the tangled-up affairs of the Republic, I would, figuratively speaking, pack my bag, rush away from Sulaco for a change of air, and write a few pages of the Mirror of the Sea. But generally, as I've said before, my sojourn on the continent of Latin America— famed for its hospitality, lasted for about two years. On my return I found, speaking somewhat in the style of Captain Gulliver, my family all well, my wife heartily glad to learn that the fuss was all over, and our small boy considerably grown during my absence. My principal authority for the history of Costa Guana is, of course, my venerated friend, the late Don José Avellanos, minister to the courts of England and Spain, etc., etc., in his impartial and eloquent History of Fifty Years of Misrule. That work was never published, the reader will discover why, and I am in fact the only person in the world possessed of its contents. I have mastered them in not a few hours of earnest meditation, and I hope that my accuracy will be trusted. In justice to myself, and to allay the fears of prospective readers, I beg to point out that the few historical allusions are never dragged in for the sake of parading my unique erudition, but that each of them is closely related to actuality. Either throwing a light on the nature of current events, or affecting directly the fortunes of the people of whom I speak. As to their own histories, I have tried to set them down. Aristocracy, and people, men and women, Latin and Anglo-Saxon, bandit and politician, with as cool a hand as was possible in the heat and clash of my own conflicting emotions. And after all, this is also the story of their conflicts. It is for the reader to say how far they are deserving of interest in their actions, and in the secret purposes of their hearts revealed in the bitter necessities of the time. I confess that, for me, that time is the time of firm friendships and unforgotten hospitalities. And in my gratitude I must mention here Mrs. Gould, the First Lady of Sulaco, whom we may safely leave to the secret devotion of Dr. Munningham, and Charles Gould, the idealist creator of material interests, whom we must leave to his mine, from which there is no escape in this world. About Nostromo, the second of the two racially and socially contrasted men, both captured by the silver of the San Tome mine, I feel bound to say something more. 
I did not hesitate to make that central figure an Italian. First of all, the thing is perfectly credible. Italians were swarming into the Occidental province at the time, as anybody who will read further can see. And secondly, there was no one who could stand so well by the side of Giorgio Viola the Garibaldino, the idealist of the old humanitarian revolutions. For myself I needed there a man of the people, as free as possible from his class conventions and all settled modes of thinking. This is not a side snarl at conventions. My reasons were not moral but artistic. Had he been an Anglo-Saxon he would have tried to get into local politics. But Nostromo does not aspire to be a leader in a personal game. He does not want to raise himself above the mass. He is content to feel himself a power, within the people. But mainly Nostromo is what he is, because I received the inspiration for him in my early days, from a Mediterranean sailor. Those who have read certain pages of mine will see at once what I mean when I say that Dominic, the part...